Welcome to the Principles of Success, and today we are talking about saving tactics and cutting expenses. And it's kind of nice having your own financial book to look at because this episode did require a little bit of prep, and by a little bit of prep, I mean I opened up my book and looked at my section titles that I for each subject that I wrote about just to remind myself of what I needed to talk about in this episode. Because I have entire chapters in that book devoted to this one subject. So if you don't have your own copy of The Blueprint of Wealth, then I suggest you go down to the description of this episode, and there is a nice little Amazon link right there, and you should copy it and go to Amazon and get yourself a copy of The Blueprint of Wealth. Because it will help you be successful. Anyway, that's my little plug for this exact moment, and I'm sure I put the advertisement plug somewhere around here too, so let's dive into the actual episode. I'm sure you're tired of hearing advertising. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So, how to save. We already covered it a little bit for this first part, but that's the mindsets. Make sure that um, you have a mindset of everything costing at least 10 times as much as it does. Is that $1 box of Pringles worth $10? Probably not. Is that um, $10 movie worth $100? Probably not. Is that $10 worth an hour of your time that you spent to earn that $10? So having a proper mindset about money helps with saving. Next important part to saving is paying yourself first. Who deserves your money more? Future you or your landlord? Future you or the grocery store? If you pay yourself first, you are paying towards your financial freedom. If you pay yourself last, well, then there's probably not much money left for you to divert towards your financial freedom. And because I'm a religious person, I actually pay the Lord first, myself second, and then the government and um, costs of living third. Next up is save later. So maybe you're like most people in the world who are just getting by and you can't possibly see how you're supposed to put money off to the side especially money to yourself first when you're living paycheck to paycheck now you might need to snowball which we'll talk about here in a second but another tactic might be to save later if you get a raise don't increase you you didn't get a raise you are still living paycheck to paycheck, and that raise is going towards paying yourself first. But the problem with this one is it's a procrastination one, and what is the likelihood of you getting a raise anytime soon, especially a substantial one? Because if you want to be successful, you need to substantially cut your expenses below your income. Remember I said 40%. 40% is the magic number where lots of things start happening very quickly. So... Maybe it is really impossible for you to save later right now, or to save right now. But if you ever get an increase, 
do not increase your standard of living, increase how much money is going off to the side. And one of the reasons why I'm as, as successful as I am is because as my income increased, I actually was finding, at the same time, finding ways to decrease my costs of living. So that way the number just got really ridiculously big and I was, I was living off of, I wanna say probably 20% of my income at one point. I've gotten fancy since, but for uh, about a year, I was I cut everything down because I was trying to get a business up and going. I was living off of potatoes. Anyway, next up, blow it up. That's the uh, blow it up and snowball are the next two. So blowing it up, blowing it up means if you are living paycheck to paycheck, you have decided or you have painted yourself into a corner and you have to blow some crap up. What this means is you need to sell your crap. You need to downsize to a smaller living arrangement. You need to sell your crap. You need to figure out a way to get ahead. You need to figure out how to make it so that way you're having more money coming in than going out. This is especially important for debt. And that's where the snowball comes in. If you have a lot of debt, so you're not only not being able to save, you are living over zero. You need to blow everything up so that way you have some money to start going towards those debts. And the snowball is you pay the smallest amount first. So that way, as you eliminate each debt, the money that was going towards that debt can now go to the next one. So let's say you have $1,000 on one credit card and you have a $5,000 loan on a car. You pay off the credit card, um, and then all the money that was going towards the credit card is now going towards the car. And let's say um, you have another credit card that's $10,000. You pay off the car, and then all the money that was going towards the car and the first credit card can now all go towards the second credit card. And the reason why you pay the amount first, not the interest rate first, is because you need wins. And as you're paying off, eat. It's, a, it's not a mathematical reason, it's a psychological reason. As you pay off the first credit card, you're like, hey, I did it, I'm getting out of debt. You pay off the car, you're like, hey, I did it, I've paid off two of my debts now. And it frees up the money to go towards the next thing. Now, be smart about it. If you have a $800 debt for uh, 2% interest and you have a $1,000 debt for 20% interest, pay the slightly bigger one first. But if it's like 200 bucks versus 10,000 bucks, pay off the 200 bucks one first. So that's the snowball effect. You're building momentum. Next one is the two card system. This I use for business purposes, but it can also be used for if you are struggling with finances and are trying to cut expenses. Uh, the two card system in business is you have one card for your personal use and one card for business use. It just makes accounting a whole lot easier, so that way at the end of the year, you don't have to be like, okay, was this purchase for business or was it for personal? At the end of the year, I just look at my um, bank statements of, okay, this card did these things and this card did these things, so these were all personal, these were all business. For personal uh, savings purposes, you can either adapt this to a three-card system or have it be a two-card system still. Um, of one card for necessities and one card for spending. So necessities include food, not restaurants, groceries, food. Uh, 
And I would even say not grocery treats, but I'm stricter than most people. So groceries, insurance, rent, gas, that kind of thing. Those are all necessities. Spending, luxury stuff, I already mentioned it, restaurants, Starbucks, um, date night, Amazon purchases, Netflix. These are all from your spending. And it's just a budgeting trick to kind of figure out where your money's going. And cutting necessities is hard. It can be done, and honestly, it probably should be done for most of you because your, your rent doesn't need to be as high as most of you are living. Y'all like to be fancy. And your fancy apartment is coming at your successful future. Your fancy car is coming at your financial freedom. Car payments do not belong in the necessities bucket. They belong in the spending bucket. That's, or card. Bucket, card, bank account, they're all, it's basically just categories. I would put your mortgage in the spending bucket, but I'm also a crazy person. For pretty much all of you, mortgage should belong in the necessities bucket. But is your house a fancy house? I'm not going to name numbers because a $300,000 house in uh, the south of the U.S. is a really nice house and a $300,000 house in California doesn't exist. Where I'm living currently, a $300,000 house is kind of the basic house. But that goes into the next point of are you living in a fancy area? And that includes, because most of my listeners are Americans, if your job is online, why are you living in America? The cost of living in other nations is way, way lower. But let's say you don't want to live somewhere else for many, many reasons. Are you living in an expensive city of an expensive state in an expensive nation? If you're living in California, what the heck are you doing living in California? If you're living in New York City, what the heck are you doing living in New York City? Your profession probably can be done in other locations. Now, sure, maybe your family's there. Maybe that's where you've always dreamed of living. Um, there's a bunch of reasons why you might be living there. But a purely financial standpoint, move to a cheaper location. That's one of the reasons why I like Oklahoma as much as I do. Not just because that's where I grew up, but because rent there, ridiculously cheap compared to where I was living for a couple of years in the mountains of Colorado. A, the, a studio apartment in the mountains of Colorado was $2,000. A nice two-bedroom apartment at that time was $400 in Oklahoma. Now things have obviously changed drastically in that time, but that's an example of where you could be saving a lot by just moving to a cheaper location. And the earning earned income doesn't fluctuate that much. In, um, in Colorado, my earned income was $14. In Oklahoma, my earned income was $12. I wasn't living in an apartment. I was living with my grandparents um, in Colorado, but I'm making $2 extra to live at a four times as expensive apartment for, le for a lower quality apartment. So that's another example of the importance of living somewhere where it's affordable to save. And it doesn't have to be permanent. You can move to a cheaper location for a couple of years while you get your business on its feet, uh, especially if it's an online business, and then move back to wherever you want to. So I've kind of talked about several different ways to save. 
Others are things like buying in bulk, especially when on sale. Uh, we talked about this of if you buy something that's 10% off, that's a 10% ROI on your investment if it's something that you have to buy over a period of time anyway, like toothpaste or food. We talked about it during the inflation episode. You might One of the things you might consider during a inflationary period is building up your food storage because you're going to have to eat regardless. Um, and buying the food now will save you from having to buy the food that is more expensive later. Uh, the same principle applies to buying in bulk. If you buy, if you're going to have to buy it anyway, buy it in bulk and save a couple of dollars. Meal prepping is also super useful. Cooking in bulk is basically what that is, because all of us are super busy. And if you're trying to save money by not eating out, you still have to eat. So by cooking in bulk, you can still eat and you can eat really good for cheap. And just to hammer home the importance of cheap food, a restaurant, let's say $10 a meal. So just by yourself, not including your wife or kids or husband, uh, just including yourself, $10 a meal. If you eat out just once a week, well, that's $500. There's a ton of businesses that can be started for 500 bucks. If it's you and your wife or your husband that are going out, let's say twice a week, so now we've four times it, that's $2,000. $2,000 can start a lot of businesses. It can produce a lot of advertisement and produce more customers. So just using restaurants as an example, that money adds up real quick over the course of a year. And again, you're not saving to save, you're saving to invest. So keeping those numbers in mind of, oh, that money could have gone to generating this product that could have made me $10,000. So since we're on the subject of food, let's talk about cheap foods. Potatoes, eggs, rice, beans. Not only are a lot of those cheaps or a lot of those che foods cheap, there's quite a lot of very delicious foods that can be built off of a foundation of one of those foods. One of my favorites is potato soup. I just love soup a lot, so that's why. But another example is fried rice. Fried rice is mostly egg and chicken, or egg, chicken's fairly cheap, um, egg and rice. That's the main bulk of it, and it's delicious. So purposely eating cheaply also helps. And none of this has to be permanent. This is just so that way you can get started. Because getting started is the important part, especially if you're living paycheck to paycheck. This episode is really focused on you guys. If you are living paycheck to paycheck and you want to be successful, step one has to be taking a step backwards in your quality of life. Because you have to get the ball rolling somehow, and it's really hard, it's really hard to generate more money. It's a whole lot easier to cut expenses, but there's a limit to cutting expenses, which is why learning to generate more money is important. And there's a subject that I want to talk about here in just a sec, but before we dive into that, let's go back to just the different the two card system, buckets, that kind of stuff. Budgeting. I kind of have six categories for budget. There's the necessities and the fun. That's the two card system. Um, you should also save for emergencies. I talked about having savings is good for security. The recommend is at least a thousand bucks. Because then if your car has some sort of problem or uh, you lose your job, you're not immediately in instant panic mode. 
a thousand bucks will give you a little bit of headway. The next recommendation, if you can afford it, is at least three months worth of expenses. So necessities. So that, that one's particularly for if you lose your job, you have three months to find a new job before things become really bad. So that's the emergency bucket. Next up is the next three are all investment buckets. The first one is education. This one should be your primary bucket of investment purposes until you have developed the skills to start generating a decent income. If you're, if you're working minimum wage, you shouldn't be saving to invest in crypto or real estate or any of that. You should be saving to be able to go to tech schools so that way you can go from minimum wage to double that. And then the last two are what I call income investment and wealth investment. Income investment is um, cash flow investments, so like rental properties, that kind of stuff. And then wealth investments are like house flipping. And I'm not going to go in depth on these because we have other things to talk about. And we have an episode for investments later on. So now let's go back to the live, your living paycheck to paycheck. And I get so much crap every time I bring this up. But have you ever considered the hobo life? Now, let me be very clear. The hobo life is not something I actually recommend you doing. The hobo life is solely a thought exercise. Most people, their number one expense is their living expense. But if you don't have kids, what's wrong with living in a van temporarily to get things rolling? You can shower at the gym. Just because you're living in your car doesn't mean you have to smell nasty. There's lots of places that you can park your car overnight very safely. Walmart is one of them. They allow people to stay there overnight. And it just cuts your expenses down drastically. Now, this is just a thought exercise. Remember that. But there's things that you think are necessities that might be holding you back. One of those might be housing. Now, I already talked about it. Probably a smarter move is just to move to a cheaper place. But you could also, uh, there was people I knew well, while I was living in Colorado, because it's such an expensive place, who would, during the wintertime, uh, go up there and live in their car with, or live in a super cramped bunkhouse kind of deal to generate money from the snow season, whether it's pushing snow or uh, skiing. All of those are pretty high-paid profit professions but they're it's only seasonal and then they'd go back home for the summer and then there was also people who did the reverse they'd go up there while it's nice out because in Colorado up in the mountaintops it doesn't get to like above 80 degrees and they'd work the minimum wage job of Wendy's of $14 an hour live in their car and then hightail out of there when it got too freaking cold those are examples of temporarily hobo lifing it to generate lots of extra money. Another example of this might be your air conditioner. In the south, definitely don't do this. But in the north, air conditioners are nice, but for the most part, in a lot of regions, they're just a really nice luxury that we're used to. Again, this is all just thought exercise. Don't actually do it unless you are desperate. But air conditioners are pretty expensive. You can save several hundred dollars over the course of a summer by just shutting off your air conditioner or using it very mildly. Next one is get some roommates, especially if you're single. If you're single, there is zero reason why you shouldn't have roommates. The housing market is stupid, I agree. It's not fair that you have to spend like half of your paycheck towards housing, but this isn't a podcast on it 
the unfairities of life. This is a podcast of how to be successful. And roommates might be important, an important step to that because you can minimize the cost of housing. So maybe you don't have to go hobo. So that way your money can then go towards starting your business or investing in real estate. So roommates are super important. Minimizing your phone bill. There, you don't have to have a limited. You don't have to pay $50 a month for your phone bill. There's plenty of secondary phone companies. At one point, my phone bill was 10 bucks a month. I used a company called Tello. It worked off of the Sprint uh, network. And I paid $10 a month for, I believe it was two gigs of data. And I was running a internet-based company at that time. I also didn't have internet, so I did a lot of it at the library. And then the last one is going back to the food. There's lots of cheap food out there. We already talked about it, so I won't go too much in depth on this one. But if you can cut down your housing, roommates, hobo life, or just moving to a cheaper place, if you can cut down on your food costs, not going to restaurants, buying in bulk, buying cheap foods, cheap food staples like pasta or um, potatoes or rice, if your preference is rice, and then cooking at home. And that covers pretty much most of people's necessity expenses. It's your housing, your food, and then your utilities, which I'm including internet, phone, and um, air conditioner all as examples of utilities. You can't really cut down on gas too much. Like, sure, maybe you could ride your bike, but the time investments is, is important. Uh, you can't really cut down on insurance, and you, and that pretty much is most of it. You can cut down on all of your other spendings, like Netflix and stuff like that, because while none of them are that much, they all add up together, and they all add up pretty significantly over time. The lowest I was ever able to cut my expenses down was to about $600 a month. I had two roommates. I was eating off of mostly potatoes, just because I really like potatoes anyway. Um, potatoes and eggs. And then I did the things that you think I, this entire episode has been crazy. I didn't have AC. I lived in a super ghetto apartment with multiple roommates. I never had a car payment. That's another one. That's, an, that's why I said it's a spending one. Buy a cheap car, buy a reliable cheap car, but buy a cheap car and just cut your expenses down so that way you can then save, so that way you can invest, so that way you can become financially successful and escape the rat race and be a free person instead of a slave to the matrix. And that's really what this episode is about. This is, episode is not going to be a very popular episode. Y'all are going to think I'm crazy when I talk about this, but... Which is more crazy, temporarily making sacrifices of comfort and ease, like eating more potatoes than going out to eat, so that way you can move forward successfully, financially, be free. And for most of you, I'm hoping for most of you, maybe you are not living paycheck to paycheck, but some of you might be. And that's what this episode is about, is helping the guys who are struggling to cut the expenses to get to that 40% mark so that way you can then start climbing up successfully. You can become a millionaire off of minimum wage. It requires a ridiculous amount of substance living, living off of the bare minimum, but you can do it. Most of you, I'm hoping, are not making minimum wage. Most of you, I hope, are doing wonderfully, but some of the principles in this episode still might be of benefit to you to just look at how you're spending. 
and figure out ways to cut your spending so that way you can then invest more so that way in the future you can do whatever the heck you want. And that is it for today's episode. Go check out my book, The Blueprint of Wealth. It has a lot more of a lot of this information in there. And with that, I will see you all next week.